fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the oh, ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. I am your host, John Reed. I am here with Patrick Canigallo. Pat, how you doing? Hey, 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 everybody. I'm doing well. Awesome. Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah, we we are. I pull, we, we might sound a little happier than we normally are on the show. <laughs> yeah, we I, are uh, pulling back the curtain just a little bit. Um, it's it's now Thanksgiving break for us. So yes. So we are um, <sighs> we, giving I'll, thanks. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna foreshadow the movie we're gonna talk about a little bit here and just say we so free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's uh that's what oh. we're rolling with right now. So. Oh man, it's about time for a little little break here. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely time for a break. Yeah. It's time for a break. Oh, man. it's we'll we'll just leave it at that. There's not much more that needs to be said. Speaking of it's break, spe- speaking of break, did the Giver break you, Pat? Uh, no, it no? didn't okay. break me. It was it was cute. Okay. <laughs> you know, I could relate it to enough other stuff that I watched that I, I, I made it through. Okay. You know, okay. it was fun. All right. Well, well, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we are, like I said, we are the 30 something movie podcast. Uh, this, unless I've got my numbering wrong here, I believe this is episode 386. So we are, we are 386. 386. <sighs> so. And ironically, wow. the, the episode that ends in 86 is the Giver. So if you want to 86 this one and uh, and just listen to something else. No, I'm just kidding. This will yeah. this should be a fun one, too. Um, but no, this uh, we are what, 14 away from 400. So we are just marching My goodness. Right along to our next big milestone. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Do we have our 400 figured out? Uh, we do. We're going to go back and redo our very first one that got lost. Oh my gosh, we're doing the lost episodes. Yes, yeah, we're just episode because that's when we used to do like multiple movies in one episode. We did, yeah, we did three movies in the one episode. We did Ghostbusters, Gremlins, and Nightmare on Elm Street. And that that was our first one, right? That was our first episode. Yep, the first <sighs> episode that no one has heard but us. And like, there's and, and nothing recoverable. No, there's nothing. There, reco- no, it's it's gone. It's it's dead, Jim. We can't even like transcribe it and like read back. That would have been fun if we could have transcribed it and then done a dramatic telling as, as a table read. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would have been fun. I will take the part of Jason and Dennis. <laughs> oh um, man. Yeah. No, the only people that heard that episode were us and the mariachi band that was playing in the background. Oh man. 
It was such a cool concept, though. The food was good. We'll just we'll we'll say that. What we so what what I've learned from that, I guess, is if you're going to do something like that, everybody probably just needs to be mic'd up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You might hear a little bit more chomping and chewing and things like that, but I my thought is if if you're gonna do something like that, you can't just stick a microphone in the middle of the table. But hey, that was that was our first one. It was like six years ago. We've learned. Yeah. I'm, listen to me talk like I know what I'm talking about, but I almost wonder too is if we needed to like have the meal beforehand. That's probably or right. have the meal or or like get in the setting, but like not eating. Like the only thing I can relate it to is that really fantastic. Uh, show on uh, WTTW, Chicago Public uh, Television, mm-hmm. called Check Please. Yes. Love that show. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But they're, they're like in a restaurant setting, but I don't think they're eating Not while they're, right. you know what I'm saying? And it I'm sure just... that they got it all. I don't know. I, it's, I, it's, I'm thinking it's on a soundstage. Um, Probably, yeah. You know, and, but, you know, and then they have people in the background, like, bussing dishes or, like, yeah. you know, polishing bottles of wine or whatever you yeah, do. Whatever you do. Um, but yeah, I would imagine we would need to kind of like uh, do something like that. Yeah. So. Well, either way, we will not be recording our 400th episode in a restaurant. So no, don't don't, no. don't anybody worry about that. We we got you this time. Um, yeah. For this episode, we do spoil the movies we talk about, so just be be freely warned here that we are spoiling away. So we may mention other movies. We we're just going to talk. So this, this is your, well, we could tell you everything that happens in this movie and it would still probably be a unique experience if you watch it. So you might not even believe half of what we tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That'll be today's game is are the spoilers true or are we pulling your leg? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, uh, which oddly enough, I think leg pulling was one of the fight moves in this movie. I, I believe it. It has to be like that. Uh, I almost said weekend update. What's it? Um, wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah. Public radio. That it, It's like the, you know, the three stories and you pick the one that's real. Yes, and you pick the one that's okay. real. Maybe, you know? maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll tell you three different instances in this movie and you can decide if it's real or not. Yeah. Yeah. And it, then he says, let's do some good. <laughs> okay. That didn't happen. And then the girl uh, says, "Thank he he." Mark Hamill says, "Thanks for saving me." And the girl says, "I'm just doing my job." When it's completely unrelated to whatever her job might be. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And final one before they end the movie, Jimmy Walker's character says, "Dynamite." All right, contestants, it's your turn to determine which one of those you think is false. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you they're all true. We couldn't make this stuff up. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into it, Pat. Uh, We are the, uh, Uh, we we can, we can, you know, talk about the rest of our stuff here though. We, we are part of the scene stealers podcast network. Go check them out. Scene stealers, global.com. They have got a uh, massive list of stars for uh, your, convention, uh, Comic-Con, whatever it is you're looking for. If you, you've got, you want to have like a signing event with some movies and TV stars, um, check them out. Go, go reach out to them if that's what you're looking for. I'm excited. Um, I don't know if anybody from that list is going to be at C2E2, but that's, for me, that's like two weeks from now. So so am, exciting. Actually, you know what? By the time this episode is released, let me, let me pull back the curtain just a little bit here. And when Will, will you have been at C2E2? Uh, release date for this episode. Strike that. Reverse it. 
Let me try that again, but I won't edit any of this out. I'm so excited that I'm going to C2E2 in two days. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Ah, the magic of editing. Yes. Although I'm not going to edit any of what I just said. Yeah, well, people, <laughs> our viewership likes that about it's, us. Hey, it's fine. We're, we're real. We're real here. We're, we're real. We're transparent. Keeping you know, it real. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. And, like, this movie was real special. Oh. Yeah. Something special. Speaking of something special, if you head over to 30podcast.com, there's a lot of special stuff there made by some special guys. Uh, you can go over there. You can leave a rating for the show. You can leave a voicemail. Um, as Pat is fond of saying, you can leave a PlayStation 5 uh, gift wrapped on his doorstep. We can give you the address so you can do that. Um, you could become a tell co us what you think. T tell us what you think. Um, you can become a co-executive producer via Patreon, where we've got bonus episodes over there. So uh, go check it out. Thirty uh, podcast.com. That's three zero and the word podcast.com has our website with all of our past episodes. Um, yeah. So I think that's it for the uh, the opening the opening info dump. So um, should we just jump right into this one? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. The title of this one is The Giver. Came out on the 18th of March, 1991, rated PG-13, with a runtime of one hour and 28 minutes, directed by uh, Dos Amigos, uh, Screaming Mad George, and Steve Wang. Screaming Mad George also did the short Boy in the Box and did a lot of special effects for um, Predator, I think Big Trouble in Little China, a uh, bunch of other movies, a lot of special effects work. And Wang also did special effects work for Predator, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, they worked together, you know, a lot on, on several different things. Producer for this one was Brian Yuzna. He did Reanimator and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Writers were John Purdy, who did the screenplay, and Yoshiki Takaya, who did the characters uh, from the original manga. Purdy did Reflections on a Crime and Star Portal, and then Takaya did the Giver characters from the comics. Uh, cinematography done by Levi Isaacs, who also did Leprechaun and Tales from the Crypt. Editors were Andy Horvich and Joe Wu Jr. Horvich did American Ninja and Rottweiler. Wu did The Abyss and The Fog. Music was done by Matthew Morse. He did Ninja Vengeance and Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. Budget for this one was $3 million. Box office, who knows? Uh, Flickmetrics gives this a 51%, and CinemaScore gave it a nada. Uh, no score from CinemaScore for this okay. one. Okay, okay. Starring Greg Paik, who played Dr. Tetsu Sagawa. He was in Crash and Balls of Fury. Jimmy Walker played Stryker. He was in Good Times and Airplane. Peter Spellis played Ramsey. He was in Men in Black 2 and Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Michael Berryman played Lisker. He was in The Hills Have Eyes and Weird Science. Uh, Spice Williams Crosby played Weber. She was in Star Trek V and Bare Knuckles. What does God need with a starship? Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Mark Hamill played Max Reed. Um, he was in was a couple little movies called Star Wars, and he was also in Batman the Animated Series. A and and bonus points, uh, he has ret retweeted two of my tweets over the course of my time on Twitter. So, oh uh, I, wow, I basically can die happy now. Yes, I mean if if he responds, then I will probably lose it. But even to yes. even a retweet, I'm I'm fine with a retweet. I'm 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 good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack Armstrong played Sean Barker slash the Giver. 
He was in a TV show called Mr. Mayor and another one called How to Get Away with Murder. Johnny Seiko played Craig. He was in Hell Comes to Frogtown and Kung Fu Rascals. Vivian Wu played Mizki Sagawa. She was in The Last Emperor and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. David Gale, who died in 1991, played Fulton Balkus. He was in Reanimator and The Brain. And Linnea Quigley played the Scream Queen. She was in Return of the Living Dead in a very memorable scene um, in which she was dancing in a graveyard just prior to the zombies coming back to life and... How should I say this? You could tell it was very cold in the graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, she was also in Night of the Demons. Yeah. And that just, I mean, I haven't even seen that movie, but like that just. Oh, you'd remember that scene. I, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, because of course you dance in a graveyard before zombies return. Because that's just what happens. With no clothes on. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, because that's yeah, and and purple hair, and why not? You know, yeah. Hey, if, so what, d- I, what no, I learned, just... what I learned from the Joker is, if you gotta go, go with a smile. Yeah, and here's my question, and I, we'll get into this, I'm sure more, but it's like horror movies seem to get a pass in terms of whether they seem like low budget or tropish or. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they will more easily get into the cult classic. It's it's like the good bad movie type yeah. thing. It's kind of expected, right? But no other movie genre like that gets that pass. Oh yeah, no. You know, like like honestly, in watching this, well, I'm jumping ahead, but like this movie doesn't get a pass like that. But I know that we've talked about horror movies, and I'm I'm, you know, people that are horror fans like will talk affectionately about movies that maybe aren't that much better than this mm-hmm. pound for pound, but horror movies seem to get a pass with that. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and where this movie I think does get a pass is the aspects that would be considered horror. Okay. Cause I'm going to, okay. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll jump the shark a little bit here and just say the things that I really enjoyed about this movie. Cause there are many things I didn't enjoy about this movie, but the things I did enjoy about this movie were, the were the special effects, the visual effects, the monster effects, the the like alien gore effects, the the body transformations, the like that kind of stuff. That's all straight out of horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when I'm watching that part. I'm like, oh man, they did a great job with that. That was pretty awesome. Everything else, it's kind of a steaming pile. Mm-hmm. But you know the stuff that the stuff that you could transplant from this movie into a horror movie and have it still be pretty much on par. That stuff I think is where this movie definitely gets a pass. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's when you have, you know, screaming mad George as your director. Um, if you don't <laughs> see some of that stuff, then you're like, okay, well then what's the point? Right. So that's, that's, I think that where this movie does get a pass, at least for me. Um, but uh Yeah. All right. Uh, I do not have, I could not find a trailer for this one necessarily. Uh, I found some like fan made trailers, but I, I wasn't going to put those in there. So um, I'll, I'll just read the quick little description here and we can jump right on into it. When a researcher at the Kronos Corporation is mysteriously killed, his daughter, her boyfriend, might be a bit of a stretch calling him your boyfriend this early, um, her boyfriend, Sean, and a rogue CIA agent named Max Reed all suspect foul play. Sean discovers a top-secret suit of Kronos armor called the Giver, which fuses to his body when he tries it on. 
turning him into a supremely powerful cyborg, Kronos' evil CEO, Fulton Balkus, is enraged and sends a crew of mutant alien monsters to get the Giver back. All right. Our typical first question. Uh, I'm assuming this is the first time both of us have seen this? Yes. Okay. So follow it up with, how did this movie make you feel? One word, short phrase. How did this make, when you were done watching this movie, how did you feel? How do you feel? I'm, f- <laughs> I'm fine. I'm all, I'm fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was just a cute little movie. I mean, that's all I could say about it. It was, it, it was fine. <laughs> okay. Or I'm fine. It was fun. I'm fine. Are you trying to talk yourself into it or? Yeah, may, I don't know. Maybe. A, a little bit? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know what? Seriously, though, I've watched enough. Pat, your your camera is not turned on, but blink twice if you're being held against your will. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I mean, you know, it was, I mean, it was just, how could, it was just fun. Like, I mean, you know, it's kind of that, there wasn't that much stuff that was that outlandish in this. Like, when you boil it all down, I mean, they're fighting monsters. Well, we've seen that in like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And, you know, like this is all, it's, it's, uh, it was based off like manga, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the concept wasn't that crazy. It was just the execution of it kind of was, had the look of like, you know, a bunch of people all hanging out with a camera saying, Hey, let's make a movie. This will be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, that's just kind of how I felt. So I, I, I kind of like went with it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, there wasn't that much stuff in there that, that was like, what, you know, well, there was stuff in there that's like, what are you thinking? But then you're like, yeah, I know what I'm thinking. A bunch of guys are just like, Hey, let's make a movie. Mm-hmm. And then like, let's put this in there and let's put this in there. And Hey, it's an inside joke, but who cares? Let's just, whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's kind of, that's, so yeah, I'm fine. It was it was just kind of a funny movie. And I mean, even the idea of the Giver armor. Okay, I'm getting over my one word thing, but I mean, like an alien entity type thing that fuses with the body and like makes you a super fighter. I mean, that's not a weird concept. I mean, yeah. you know, it's you see that all over the place. So <laughs> it happens all the time. It happens on my way to work, you know. So I mean, it, it's just yeah, it, it was good. Yeah, it's fine. The way I feel about this movie is kind of like it, it, it's a lot of what you just said. It's how did this movie make me feel? When I, okay, one word, short phrase. Let me stick to that first. Um, huh. I cringed a lot. Uh-huh. That'll be my short phrase. I cringed a lot. There we go. Okay, now now I'll elaborate. Um Going into this movie, I was like, there's some fun people in this movie. Like, there's a lot of, there's some, like, horror movie folks that are in this, uh, between the the Scream Queen character, um, you know, the Fulton Balkus character. He's been in some other stuff, Reanimator and some of those. The mm-hmm. uh, Dr. East that was in this was in Reanimator. Um, you know, some of these older, or not even really much older, but some of these older horror movies or these some kind of low-budget horror movies. Um, and... I mean, I, I love a good low-budget horror movie. I, I, I know what I'm getting myself into when I walk into one of those. I had kind of an idea of what I was getting myself into with this one, knowing who the director was, 
um, who the producer was, who some of the actors were. I had a sense of what this was going to be, and that got turned into having seen the cover of this film for decades of my life and wondering exactly okay. what it was. And I've said this before. When I was a kid, I used to go into the video store, even before it was Blockbuster. I'd go into the video store. I'd see this one. I'd be like, Luke Skywalker made another movie? Uh-huh. Whoa. That's kind of cool. I want to see that one. But I believe, I think I heard this somewhere, the VHS that was out when we would have been kids was rated R. Huh. And I don't believe I I believe that what I've heard about this is that when when a movie gets re-released on a new kind of media, so when DVD came out, um, they have to re-rate it. Like it has to be get, it has to get resubmitted for rating. Okay. And I believe what they did was they cut some of the scenes that had more blood and gore, and to get it knocked down to a PG thirteen for a DVD. Oh. Okay. And so I, I my, my understanding is there's a director's cut out there somewhere that's the original theatrical VHS release that's rated R. Um huh. so that's why I never saw it as a kid cuz I wouldn't my parents wouldn't have rented this. Um Sure. But having seen that VHS case in the cover um and just what I thought this movie cuz it I mean it, looking at it that way it, it looks like it has a very dark horror movie kind of tone to it um, mm -hmm. i thought i knew what i was getting into with this i was thinking low budget horror movie mm -hmm. kind of a deal you know if, if and, and i love mark hamill but at this point in his career if mark hamill is your star then you're definitely looking at low budget horror movie mm -hmm. and then this movie started and i just i wasn't sure if i was watching Spaceballs or Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or right. Gremlins 2 or The Three Stooges or I, I don't know. Pick any one of those and stick it all in a blender. And yeah. Yeah. So that, that's where that's where the movie kind of lost me was I was looking forward to the, you know, the horror part of it and the visual effects part of it, knowing who was involved in this. I was like, okay, we're going to see some crazy gory stuff you know the kind of stuff when we've done zombie movies in the past and i'm the one that likes is cackling when somebody's being torn apart um you know right because you see their intestines being pulled out and everything else um choke on it know. choke on right. it choke on Some, it yeah and, yeah. and you know, so forth great great stuff like that um you know oscar worthy performances but yeah i i mean i think from the moment we got into the opening crawl here at the very beginning where it's it's kind of giving you some of the backstory of this whole mm -hmm. thing. At the beginning of time, aliens came to Earth to create the ultimate organic weapon. They created mankind by planting a spe you know, that whole thing. And then it, yeah. then it then it just kept going. And it kind of kept going. And it kind of kept going. And I'm like, all right. Um and it kept going so much that at first I thought it was a joke. Right. You know how, like, the Star Destroyer keeps going and keeps going in Spaceballs? Right, yeah. To a ridiculous degree? That's kind of what I thought this was, is it's like they created the Zoonoids, humans who could, that whole thing, and it just kept going. And I'm like, are we, is this a comedy? Are we making fun of it? I didn't think it was. Yeah. Make, okay. 
All right. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, from that moment on, I was like, all right, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure what I'm watching anymore, but all right, let's just, let's keep rolling with it. Um, you know, and uh, it's, that's, that's one of the things about this movie. Before we get into, you know, going through some of the different scenes, um, one of the things about this movie is I think that you had a bunch of guys who were really good at visual effects and really wanted to show off some of this stuff. Right. And it's just the, the story and the acting definitely was less important. Yeah. Because I could, it, it yeah. seemed to me, and I don't, I, I don't want to speak ill of anybody or, or, or make up anything that's not true or, or slander anybody for anything. Um, in watching this movie, in the back of my mind, I'm picturing what this movie set was like, and I'm picturing mm-hmm. a bunch of guys who work in visual effects a mound of cocaine and a typewriter. Yeah. I mean, so we're talking like Scarface levels. Um, yeah. And, and a typewriter. Yeah. And that's how the thing got written. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can so, see what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, well, let's, let's, let's kind of jump through the plot a little bit. So we've got Dr. Tetsu Sagawa. Uh, he is a researcher from Kronos and uh, he is, he's running. He's trying to get away. <laughs> he has stolen the Giver unit and popped it in this briefcase, uh, which may or may not be the the same briefcase that holds whatever it is that's in uh, Pulp Fiction, because it's glowy and pretty. Um, <laughs> and uh, ultimately, he's caught by the uh, kind of the the lackeys of the CEO of Kronos, uh, this little gang of thugs, and um, they end up killing him. Uh, and you find out that he was also a zoonoid; that all these zoonoids are actually aliens that can mm-hmm. change into their true form, uh, which is usually some grotesque monster, or in the case of some of them, it looks like a grotesque monster that was a leftover from Gremlins 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of my favorite parts, favorite parts in terms of, I started to think, oh, dear Lord, what did I get myself into, is when he takes that briefcase uh, back to uh, Balkus. And uh, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, we found it. We got the Giver suit back. And I was like, all right, well, it's a real short movie. Um, he opens it up, and it has an old toaster inside of it. And, yeah. And, and Balkus just kind of, <coughs> excuse me, Balkus kind of starts to go, see, I get all choked up. Um, he kind of starts to go a little crazy. And I'm picturing the whole scene. I'm picturing it from the Rocketeer. And, and he's like, well. <laughs> Gentlemen, this particular toaster will not fall into the wrong hands, and we should be thankful yeah. for that. Um, yeah. But uh, and, and so then he starts like this mind control thing where he on Lisker he starts this like, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. Yeah. Why are you hitting yourself? Kind of a th- like a, the alien version of that. And I'm like, okay, are we are we? Is this <laughs> the Three Stooges? Is this? Yeah. I don't know what's happening here. I I, well I. The only appropriate reaction to what I thought I was seeing on the screen, Pat, was was definitely this. That's extraordinary. <laughs> what would you like to do next? I said that a lot while yeah. I was watching this movie. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. So I can see that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of what our one of our first scenes. We get introduced to the Zoonoids. Uh, we kind of get an idea of what the the Giver suit may or may not be, um, and uh, that's that's how we kind of start things off. 
Um, interestingly enough, then we kind of skip over to a dojo because, hey, it's the early 90s. Let's have a dojo. Exactly. Why not? Exactly. My understanding is, is that the reason this movie ended up getting made when it did was because they wanted to, well, I, New Line, um, you know, was the, they were the distributors of this. And my understanding is they had just done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. And that was big. And so they were like, okay, uh, let's go find, I don't know if they were specifically looking for something, um, something either because of the ninjas, were they looking for something Japanese? Were they looking for something comic booky? Were they looking for, I don't know, but they wanted to do kind of their next big thing to capitalize on something similar to the Ninja Turtles. And so sure. that was going, this was going to be their next big thing was to take the Giver, which, which was a, my understanding was a, a pretty popular manga in Japan mm -hmm. in, from 1985, 86, I believe. Um, and I think they got the rights to it pretty inexpensively. And they were like, hey, let's let's throw a $3 million budget at this. Let's see if we can replicate what we did with the Ninja Turtles. Um, mm -hmm. And and uh, not so much. Yeah, it just... But you can tell they, mean, were, they were trying the formula. You know, there's, there's dojos, there's ninjas, there's mutants or aliens, there's mechanical things, there's right. awkward humor. Yeah, but there just wasn't a story with, there wasn't a story. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was kind of like, oh, let's do this next. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the thing. It was, it it just kind of, for me, had the feel of guys hanging out saying, oh, let's do this next. This would be awesome. Yeah. You know, and if, if boy, and I don't want to ruffle any feathers. And if someone's out there and says, oh, well, you don't know, they put a lot of time and effort and all this, you know, okay, well, that's fine. Oh, no, please just, ruff, ruffle the feathers. The story didn't have any heart you know like teenage mutant ninja turtles there was there was some heart to that story right yeah this one was just kind of moving from crazy over the top transformations and you know yeah. some fight sequences but it just it just didn't fall well it just kind of it just kind of had a oh my gosh really oh brother kind of a feel to it like whether it was the humor or whether it was the action sequences or whether it's just why why is this happening? Yeah. You know why why are we doing this? And it almost it almost kind of felt like like filler. You know what I'm saying? Like I I I wonder if you were gonna cut out a whole bunch of this and make it like a 43 minute because isn't that an hour long television show with commercials? Like a 43 yeah. minute TV episode. Of course, that means you need a Guyver TV series, but like I think this story would fit if you just cut a lot of the fluff out of it. Yeah. Well, and and <clears throat> the feeling I got watching this movie was the same feeling I got because when Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came on, I was I was just hitting that age. You know, Dennis sometimes will talk about how stuff that we all say we enjoyed when we were kids. Dennis is like, I was in college by then. I really didn't care yeah. about any of that at all. Um, that was kind of the same for me when mm -hmm. my when my little brother was watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I remember walking through the living room and being like, "Oh God, not again!" Yeah, like, come on, can we? J I got stuff I want to watch, and you are you still watching this? And right. That's how I kind of felt about that, and just the just the whole cheesiness of the whole thing, and the acting, and the you know the it was not a show designed necessarily for me. 
at that point mm-hmm. in time. And I really got that feeling from this because I was expecting, sure. I was expecting low budget horror superhero adult movie, not like adult movie like that, but you know, mm-hmm. not behind, mm-hmm. not behind the beaded curtain, but um, you know, movie for adults. We'll say it that way, right? Um, right, because semantics are important. Um, I was expecting that, and what I feel like I got in watching this movie, and how the humor was handled, and how the dialogue was handled, I feel like I got a movie that somebody was was trying to be like, all right, when kids are watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, there's maybe two percent of adults that also enjoy that. So what mm-hmm. if we made a a more adult version of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? for that 2%. Right. And it was just right. for them. Because I'm watching this and I'm going, "Oh god, this is stupid." <laughs> like there's I I because I'm I'm looking for I'm like, "All right, low budget horror. Let's just have some gory fights. Like let's let's mm-hmm. let's get disgusting here with this thing, you know, cuz and I I never watched I never read and never watched the original uh Bio Booster Armor Giver. Um, the original manga or the uh, the movies that came out, the short movies, I think, that came out in Japan. My understanding is they are very much for adults. They are very gory and violent and, you know, much more sci-fi stuff going on. So I'm almost like, oh, man, at that point in time when I got introduced to Akira and I was like, mm-hmm. this is blowing my little mind. Right. I think if I had also seen the original Japanese Bio Booster Armor Giver, um, movies, I would have been like, oh, this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. This is so mm-hmm. awesome. I shouldn't be watching this, but this is so awesome. Um, right. I have a feeling that I would have really enjoyed that. And maybe then if I had watched that and then watched this, I might have been like, <laughs> okay, this is this is all stupid, but they're adapting something I really enjoyed, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. But having, yeah. having we, not done any of that, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I feel like the, I, I feel like the the parts, the parts of Power Rangers and Gremlins Two and Jar Jar Binks that just make me want to go take a nice long shower and just wash everything off. Mm-hmm. That's what so much of this movie comes down to. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like it's one of those things that. If it was done differently or hit at a younger age, I mean, if this had come out 10, 10, five years earlier, would we all be sitting around saying, yeah, well, it doesn't quite hold up. But, you know, I watched it with my wife and she said, OK, I can see why you like this when you were 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, right. I, I think there would be that. And again, I just maintain, you know, I, there's there were plenty of shows that I remember watching when I was younger. Um. I was not a fan of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, not anything against it, but kind of the same reason you were is that I think I was growing past that age. But I mean, I remember some earlier shows like Spectre Man and Ultraman Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I think if I think this was trying to do that. And like I said, if you had chopped this thing down into, you know, a, a one hour show, which obviously would be less than that with commercials. I think, I think, yeah, I think, if, I think that, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more 
to be honest with you. I mean, if we would have just cut out a lot of the stuff that's like, why is this in there? Like what, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like every time striker decides to start rapping. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like all that stuff and the, 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 Oh, why are you hitting yourself? Why? Like that kind of thing. And it would flow quicker and yeah, exactly. I, I, and to be I honest, can... to be honest with you, the striker character, the one that looks like Jar Jar Binks, right? As I'm watching this movie, knowing that this movie came out years before Episode One did, knowing how similar he sounds in voice to Jar Jar, knowing <laughs> that a Star Wars actor was the main actor in this movie, when that character, when when Jimmy Walker's character started talking, yeah, and it was like. Oh, George. Oh, George Lucas, please tell me that you didn't sit down and be like, I need to come up with a character. And uh, his, his name is going to be Jar Jar Binks. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I was uh, I was sitting mm-hmm. around and I, I, I happened to watch. Uh, <laughs> I put in uh, I put in the Giver and um, Stryker is, is my favorite character. So I uh, I named him after him. And uh and uh, yeah, I, I kind of he was the model for Jar Jar. I'm watching this and I'm going, oh, oh, please, oh, please, please. tell me, <laughs> please say, say, say it ain't so, Joe. Say, say it ain't say it ain't so, GL. Please, because I mean, every time he starts rapping and talking and just like, no, <laughs> no, no, Misa, Misa, begging you, please. <laughs> say, yeah. Uh, oh my my, I, I mean, just stop. Just please stop. Yeah. Yeah. I, some of those, some of those scenes were pretty rough. No, I agree, man. And like I said, if, if you were putting it in a TV show, you would have to take all that stuff out, right. you know, would it be just a, a different animal? And that's what I think it is. I think, yeah. I mean, to, to, to see some success or to see a little bit more enjoyment out of this, I think if you would edit out maybe half of it, yeah, I think, uh, I think it'd be like, I think, I don't know. I, I just, and you know, we would watch it when we were younger. I mean, make it, I think, and, and, uh, and again, get a pass. And again, this is a weird time. One of the things, one of the things we got to kind of remind people too, is that this is still a weird time for superhero movies. Right. Is that you don't have a really until you get to, um, until you get to the X-Men movies, mm-hmm. you know, Batman 89 was kind of a rare that was kind of a rare deal. I mean, you, you had Batman 89, you had the Flash TV show. They were both similar in tone. But really, until you get to X-Men, you know, in, uh, what was that, 2000? I think it was maybe the first X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Until you get to that, and you've got a superhero movie and a superhero team, and everybody's in their suits and using their powers and fighting the bad guys, but it's a serious movie. And it's being taken seriously. Right. That really wasn't happening. You know, I, for the most part, you in the in the 80s and 90s, you've still got Superman 3. You've got, oh, sorry, Superman 4. <laughs> that happens every time. Um, what, what else? You've got, you have the, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie, which is, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've still got, you've still got some of these different, superhero movies that are coming out during this time and they're not Batman 89 is really kind of a rare thing. Right. Like it's, it's the one that doesn't quite fit. 
one of these things is not like the other. Um, and the rest of them are kind of weird and quirky, and the senses of humor are strange, and they just are not... They're not finding a balance between everybody seems to think that, well, you're making a comic book movie. Therefore, it's got to be it's got to be campy and it's got to be weird because right. uh, that's what comic books are. They're campy and they're weird and they're for kids. And so you've got these movies that are trying to strike this really strange balance of this is a movie for adults. But we're going to treat the adults like children. Well, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, you definitely know a, a lot more about comics than I do. But my understanding is going to be like Superman was a success. Obviously, that's back in the 70s yeah. because, you know, okay, they took elements from the comics but kind of looked at it and, and, and altered some things with the movie, right? The, the, you know, what they focused on, how they scripted it. Did they focus on him being an alien or did they focus on, on him being, okay, well, he was from another planet and he – is you know truth justice in the american way like that that was kind of the focus point of yeah. of that so it worked batman 89 well what did everyone know everyone knew the campy tv show okay um which is not a, a roast i mean it that's still fun to go back and watch that i mean that show oh, yeah. was pretty unique as well yeah but still you know w when you think of the batman batman 89 it took tim burton and his unique approach to movies to kind of get that one up and over the finish line and, and make it the super success that it was. Right. And that was like, Oh man, Batman's going to be dark. Really? Wow. That's, that's different. That's not Batman. And it's just like, well, no, but there's this whole comic book world out there, right? Like Batman year one, Batman. And I don't know if the killing joke had come out at that point. Um, but point being is that all of a sudden people were, you know, oh, well, this, this is different than what we knew. But I mean, back then, the people like us weren't old enough to be making movies. You know, yeah. the people, you know, there were people reading the comics and adapting them in the movies, but it wasn't the mainstream. Well, now, 30 years later, all those people have grown up. And, you know, it's like, and that's, you know, like I was jokingly, not jokingly saying, but that's what I was saying, you know, when you get like, um, oh, what's his name, that he directed the first iron man he did the mandalorian he did yeah, john favreau um john favreau is yeah. like man okay here's a guy i'd say like me but you know we're, but i mean it's like we kind of grew up liking the same things and now we're going to redo those things but not from a standpoint of okay well kids are in a comic book so let's try and make a movie out of the comic book it's like okay let's bring these stories to life like the way they were in the comic do you get what i'm saying uh -huh. and so that's that's where i think in that time period why some of these things are are maybe struggling is just just you know the people that were reading the comics and consuming that stuff weren't necessarily the ones in the driver's seats you know so you get these attempts that you know kind of maybe fell short and again how much and i haven't read a lot of manga but i mean there was some stuff like like i said you know some of these shows and, and all that like the mighty Morphin power rangers and all that i mean those i think they became wildly popular with a certain subset of kids but it's like it doesn't necessarily it didn't have the spread that like maybe the modern superhero thing does right yeah so I don't know. I'm just, just, I don't know if I even had any points, but just kind of some, some thoughts on that where I think those like the Batman 89 and the Superman movies 
were the success, but like overall, I'll just go back to what I just said. The people that are necessarily consuming the the media and the stories and the comics that this was based on weren't necessarily the ones in the, necessarily in the driver's seat for making the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. So that's why it it was kind of like a not a full success, maybe. Yeah. Well, and you like like you were pointing out. I mean, you had really other than Superman in '78 mm-hmm. and Batman in '89. I mean, look at your other stuff that was in the 70s in particular. You had the Incredible Hulk. You had a couple of tries at Wonder Woman. Uh, They did a pilot with uh, somebody else before they had Linda Carter. They did the Shazam TV show. They had a Doctor Strange made-for-TV movie. Um, They had some other kind of weird superheroes. Uh, They had, like, Six Million Dollar Man. There was a Captain Mm -hmm. America, like, made-for-TV movie. Um you know, the old Spider-Man TV show, all this stuff, but it was all, everything was still pretty campy and pretty low budget. Mm-hmm. And I think even a lot of that stuff would have kind of come across looking like it was a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, predecessor. And so then you get something like Superman in 78, and even the tagline of that movie on the posters before anybody saw anything else was, you will believe a man can fly. And so the mm-hmm. whole thing, the whole thing about Superman and then the whole thing about Batman over a decade later was grounding them in reality. You know, mm-hmm. even though Superman is this alien from another world, you will believe a man can fly. That's what we're going to show you. Like, we're not going to we're not going to necessarily play up the cartoon nature of this character. We're going to make you believe this is true. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think you have such big hits with those movies. But that's also why. A lot of the other, especially when they had to be done on TV, because nobody was wanting to make superhero movies. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you had like one big one every decade. Um, for the most part, they were all relegated to cartoons and TV, and you just don't have the budgets for it there. And it yeah. just, you know, and then it kind of just gets cre- treated as kind of a second class thing. So we're still right. in kind of a weird time. We've had Superman, we've had Batman 89. And, you know, in 1991, we, I mean, we're looking at, you've had Batman, recently you've had Batman 89, you've got the Rocketeer, you've got, um, you know, you've, you've got heroes, not necessarily superheroes, but heroes like an Indiana Jones or stuff like that. But you just are not, some of the more alien-based comics or, or superheroes, they're just not, they're having trouble finding a way to make those stories click with a broader audience. Yeah. Well, and it's and, and like me and here's me not being the comic book guy. If you would have said, you know, I remember growing up and watching Superman or I would remember, you know, watching Batman 89, obviously very excited for that. Yeah. And it was like, to me, I'm going to say this and then everyone's going to like throw things at their TV screen that, you know, are watching us right now. But I'm like, as a kid, I didn't think of them as comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought of them as characters that, oh, there's movies about them. There's shows about them. Oh, there's comics about them. When I went to see Batman 89, I was I remember reading about the, the, the movie and friends had comic books. Yeah. But it was like, oh, okay. It's this almost like a folk hero, 
right? Mm -hmm. There's Superman, there's Batman. And how do we tell the stories? Well, either word of mouth or comic books or books or TV shows or movies. But I didn't think of it as a quote unquote comic property, Mm -hmm. right? That then got made into a movie. And I think that's maybe a distinction without a purpose. But I think if you look at the mass public, right, then... I mean, there was obviously a group of people that read the comics, but there were a lot of people seeing the Superman and Batman and and all that that weren't in the comics. And those movies kind of had to be redone to appeal to them. Maybe not movies needed to be redone, but the stories needed to be altered such to appeal to them. Yeah. Do do you get what I'm saying? Because that's, because then it's, And we see this all the time, you know, like you're trying to make something that mass appeal and it gets made. And then all of a sudden they'll do like a reboot of it. And it's like, oh, this is closer to the original. Oh, this is closer. You know, they they said it about 89 Batman. There were people that were saying, man, this isn't the Batman I know. It's like, no, this is this is Batman. No, it's not. Batman's da 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 Like, oh, no, but you want to be saying, but it was like with those characters, they were kind of like folk heroes first or just common everyday household folk heroes. Yeah. And whatever the media is that tells their stories. Do you get where I'm going with this? It's like, and now I'm sure there's some, and I know you're a hardcore comic book guy. So like, they're probably cringing at my words and I mean, no, no slight on that, but it's just whatever perspective you make it in. Right. Like the movies that are coming out now, it's like we all know they're comic book movies because that's just front and center all the time. You know, like that's a big cornerstone of, I mean, my gosh, the Marvel thing starts with comic book pages flopping. Yeah. Right. Um, well, but I mean, that's why, that's why I really enjoyed the Joker movie that came out mm-hmm. because, and I know that I know there's a lot of comic book fans that would, and they're completely anti this, you know, they, a movie will come out and be like, that's not, that's not how mm-hmm. he's portrayed. Like, that's not the mm-hmm. character that's, no, he's, okay, just number one, keep your pants on. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I actually love that stuff. Like, I want, I want people to now take, now that we're in this, like, I don't know if you want to call it like a, a golden age of superhero movies. Um, I want people to take these characters and I want to see what non-comic book people do with it. Right. I mean, make more movies. If some of them completely stink, then they stink. But Or if they're completely so far gone from the character that I know and love from the comics. Yeah. Okay. If I don't want to see your movie, I'm not going to go see your movie. Right. But I'm not going to sit there and be like, I'm boycotting everything because that's not my Superman. Like, yeah. Okay. Then don't go see it. You know, vote with right. your wallet. Don't go see it. But if somebody wants to, I, one of the things that's that's got me, uh, this has got me a little fired up right now, um, is mm-hmm. there have been talks that there will be another Superman movie coming out, um, but it will be with a black Superman. Mm-hmm. And so then you've got a whole bunch of people coming out and be like, um, no, yeah, that's not Superman. Well, yeah. even even the actor Henry Cavill has been like, yeah, I've heard the stuff about a black Superman. I think that'd be awesome. Like, I'd love to see yeah. that movie. And I'm sitting there going, okay, first of all, there are comic book characters, you know, because even in the comic books, there is a, a multiverse of characters, 
Mm-hmm. And within that multiverse, on a few of the Earths, Superman is black. And mm-hmm. so you could take and use that character, but hey, you know what? If it's not that character, who cares? Yeah. If you're getting at the core of what makes Superman Superman, that's the whole point of the story to begin with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what he looks like if the core of Superman is that he is an alien from another world who mm-hmm. has come to his new land and loves it and was raised there and loves it and wants to defend it and help protect the people and help the people be a better people, you know, taking that whole speech from Man of Steel, you know, they will they will run with you, they will stumble, they will fall, um, but then one day they will join you in the sun. One day you'll help them accomplish wonders. You know, that's kind of like, that's part of the essence of Superman. Right. Is that he's, well, he's, a, he's a stranger in a strange land, but he was raised here as one of us, and... He's going to fight for us because this is his home now. Um, you know, and if it's Batman, it's all about, you know, struggling with the idea of vengeance against a crime that ruined his life. And mm-hmm. is that vengeance actually doing any good? Is it getting him anywhere? You know, that's the core of what those characters are. I really don't care what the character looks like. I really don't mm-hmm. care what language the character speaks. I don't care about any of that stuff. If you want to tell good stories that get at that core and have them put on a bat costume, okay. Yeah. Go for it. I more as you always say, more whatever, more better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I I I hear you and and I mean, you know, those I'm sure we could have a whole other podcast on on episode or series oh, yeah. on resistance to changing popular characters right? right and uh sometimes that's just well if it's not the way it was in the comic book then it's no good but right. you know sometimes it's it's cold it's cold don't go see it yeah and and sometimes that resistance is code for other <laughs> other things you know i mean so i mean that's a whole thing unto itself but yeah i think i personally that's well, like i said i am not a comic book person yeah. like reading the comics so I come at all these things from like a completely different, you know, perspective. And so, uh, yeah, bringing it back to the Giver, I think that, you know, you'd, I've heard of Superman, I've heard of Batman. So I'm going to go gravitate towards those things. I didn't read a lot of manga. Yeah. So I didn't gravitate towards the, um, I didn't necessarily gravitate towards this, but now that being said, I just, I, I remember watching Spectre Man and Ultraman, which I don't know what channel it was. And I mean, that was, you know, uh, shows with kind of a similar thing, uh, to this, you know, and I remember really enjoying those as, as a, as a kid when they, I mean, I think those things came out in what the seventies or early eighties, yeah. but I mean, I remember watching that as a kid. So if this had maybe not had so many like gory and a little bit, older kind of things in it, I might've been more apt to be into this. Do you know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. like with the mighty Morphin power Rangers, but it didn't, I'd heard of Batman. And so Batman 89, it clicked this one. I, I, I wasn't into a lot of manga and I mean, let's go back to what we say, you know, it's done right. No kin defense. 
this doesn't have like the same level of story and plot and acting and, and so forth. So I think that kind of also would, you know, I'll go watch 89 Batman, but am I going to watch this at that time? Like, probably not. This is, this is the opposite. If done right, no can defense. This is like Rocky in the final boxing match when you're just sitting there going, dude, if you just put your gloves up, he won't hit you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Like like maybe, maybe maybe defend a little bit there, friend. That's, that was kind of this movie. This movie was Rocky taking it on the face too many times. Yeah. Um, Well, and then it goes back to, like you said, you know, who are the people making the movie? Are they, you know, guys that are, have special specialities in other areas and are kind of stepping over or, or what? Like I said, I, I mean, maybe, maybe I'll try it. I'll try my hand at editing. I'll do the Pat Canigallo cut of this. Sure. And, uh, and, and right now, like I said, the people listening are like, dude, that guy is so arrogant to say, like, I, no one is asking me to make a movie. No, like I, I couldn't do any of that stuff. Oh yes. I, I can but attest. I, Pat is the most arrogant person I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, well that, that statement I just made, but I mean, I think if you were to cut this thing down yeah, and, and make it like a TV show episode, I've said that like 18 times. I mean, yeah, I could see 11 year old Pat being, oh, this is fun. Yeah. You know, I wasn't as into gore, but. Yeah. You know what? I feel like there was, I'm, I'm going to be remembering this wrong. I'm sure. I feel like there was a show that came on around this same time that was called Mantis. And wasn't it that, yeah, the, wasn't it that the guy was, was he in a wheelchair, but he had this super suit that allowed him to be a superhero. And yeah, I, Oh God, I feel like that was, I remember was, Mantis. Was it around this time? It actually was around this time. It was yeah. Mantis. Um, it weared for one season. I remember watching it uh, 90 from 94 to 95. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and it was the original two hour TV movie pilot was produced by Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was uh, the main character was shot in the spine by a police sniper during a riot while trying to rescue a child, leaving him paralyzed from the waist down using a wheelchair. And then he either finds or builds this suit um, and becomes the Mantis, the mechanically augmented neurotransmitter interception system. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he kind of fights crime as a superhero. And, you know, that kind of, I don't remember much about that show, but I feel like, you know, the different, I feel like some of the different episodes that you had in a show like that could have been a successful way to do, you know, something like, something like the, the Giver. Yeah. I would be curious no. to see, I mean, at this point, I would be curious to, to go and actually watch the original anime movies. Yeah. I, I won't go back and Boy. watch this one again. And I don't think I'll probably watch any of the sequels um, mm-hmm. that kind of stem from this one, from the American adaptation. But I would be curious, knowing how much I enjoyed Akira when that one came out, I would be curious to go and see some of those originals. Oh yeah. The concept is cool. Yeah. Like I said, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, you get some, like a super suit, Yeah, man. Super suits are cool. Yeah. You know, you fight monsters. I mean like, yeah, that's yeah. cool stuff. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going cool. to kind of fast forward through some of the rest of the movie is that he, you know, he, he gets the suit and he's using it and uh, there's a lot of fights that ensue. The fights are meh in terms of their quality. Um, and uh, you get a point in the movie where they kind of find his weakness. Uh, he thinks that he accidentally kills his girlfriend. 
they take advantage of his weakness. It seems that the guy wearing the uh, Giver suit dies, and he does. Um, mm-hmm. And then later in the movie, you find out the girlfriend is actually still alive. She gets taken back to the uh, Kronos headquarters, and uh, she is shown the, um, the like the vats of all the failed experiments. And then as they are kind of nearing the end of the movie here, the Giver kind of starts to recreate something. Um, mm-hmm. it, it starts rebuilding something organic, it looks like. And um, eventually somehow that ends up getting swallowed by one of the other monsters. And mm-hmm. it uh, it comes bursting out of his stomach in, as a fully formed man in the Giver suit again. Uh, and it turns out that it is Sean who has been brought back to life. Uh, that he has been rebuilt by the Giver, uh, but mm-hmm. he, he now know how to he now knows how to fight. He knows how to do all those other things, um, and so that kind of sets us up for this final battle with each of the different creatures, and then ultimately with um, uh, with the the big bad himself, who turns into this giant dragon type thing um, that they fight there at the end, and and the Giver discovers that he has this chest laser that can blast out and, and destroys the big dragon and, and everything else. Um, real quick before, before I fast forward all the way to the very end of this movie, um, the way things end for Mark Hamill's character is, is not pleasant. Um, mm. He ends up kind of getting transformed into this bug like creature. Uh, right. Like a giant. Why did he get, tra- why did that happen? Well, cause they were trying to they, they, remember they had him in one of their, um, capsules for a little while and they were trying to experiment on him um mm-hmm. and kind of you know kickstart this reaction with him as well to make him uh like one of the zoonoids um and i okay. think that's why that transformation ended up happening later but I, the one thing i i want to make sure that i do point out before we wrap up talking about this movie is i think the biggest problem even after everything else that we've talked about the biggest problem that I have with this movie is, as I've said before, I had been seeing this movie on video store shelves for 30, well, not 30 years, but as when I was a kid, for years and years and years. So for, you know, the first time I probably saw this, I was maybe, you know, maybe a little bit younger than 10. I was maybe somewhere between 8 and 10, maybe. Uh, or no, this came out in 91, so it would have had to have been about 10 years old. But then I remember for years always seeing this at Blockbuster and other places, so I would have been old enough. Um, And I have spent, I've never watched this, but I remember this. I've spent my entire life thinking, oh yeah, The Giver. That's that other movie that Mark Hamill is the the superhero in. And then I watched this movie at age almost 41. Mm -hmm. And Mark Hamill's a supporting character. And I think that almost more than any of the other stuff. No, that's not true because I hate the striker character. Um, (laughs) But almost more than anything else, I think that's what made me really frustrated. Was I was like, was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Even the cover of the video, the 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 poster, it's half Giver mask, half Mark Hamill face. Mm-hmm. And you've got some no-name person. I I can barely remember his character's name. He's a terrible character that has no like he's not three-dimensional at all as a person. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that's the hero? A completely yeah. a completely forgettable person 
is the hero and Mark Hamill is the supporting character. Right. Yeah. Well, that's 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 remarkably dumb. What would we like to talk about next? Yeah. It almost this almost seems like something that <clears throat> these guys would make to like sell people on the hey, we can do special effects. Right. That's what, and that's where like, okay, we're trying to sell our special effects abilities. So everything else is going to kind of be low budget because all we need to do is produce this. So and, do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. yeah. I'm not saying that that was the intent of it, but that's just kind of what it feels like. Cause you can, or at least I've, people have sent me a bunch of stuff on, you know, Hey, check out this YouTube link. It's, you know, these special effects guys that came up with, you know, these like concept movies to pitch a story or show their special effects, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I, I remember my, my very good friend, Kyle, who's actually, you know, works in film music and everything. Uh, what was it called? Dork Man and Ryan. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, if you've heard it, yeah. And he was talking about, like, I, if I have it right, he's like, yeah, you got to check that out. And basically what those guys, they just came up with these shorts just to demonstrate their special effects abilities, right? And I was looking at that, and he sent me something else that was like this, it was cool. It was like a little short story about, you know, it was like Star Wars right after uh, Special Order 66 when a bunch of the Jedi were trying to like duck and cover and run and all that kind of stuff. And it was like a story about a Sith Lord type character that was hunting them down, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I found one of those. And, and again, it's like, you know, I, I mean, this one was trying to pitch like a story. So I think they had like, you know, it wasn't any like name actors that I would know, but I think the per- people that they hired were actors and they were pitching a story. So the story and plot and acting had, and it was like this cool thing about a, and it wouldn't have been a Sith Lord because they were all gone. Anyways, the point is, uh, you know, just, it was a short movie trying to pitch their, um, um, plot or their story or yeah. whatever they were a, doing. A, a proof of well, concept. Yeah. And so the, 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 um, you know, the special effects weren't amazing, but they were trying to pitch that. So it's like, that's kind of what I get when I'm watching this. It's like, okay, well, these guys are showing off these things. It just needs to get picked up, polished up a bit. And, and I don't know too, like, here's the thing. I I think comic book, if you're going to do a story, like in the way that comic books go, I think a TV series seems to work better because it's that check back next week and find out on the next adventures of right. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll say, like I said earlier, the Superman 89 Batman, like those movies work because they kind of took that element out of it. Right. They were just trying to tell a certain kind of story and it happened to be about Superman or it happened to be about Batman. And you had like, I'm going to, I'm not going to repeat myself completely but you know they they changed the concept enough that made it more fit with movies of the time well i think something like the mighty morphin power rangers do you want to see like a whole movie or you know as a kid are you going to watch a half hour program and it's kind of the same thing each week but the things that you're into you're into i think that works with comic books and i mean it's you know like you could say well look at the marvel movies but what's the big knock on the Marvel movies by the people that don't like Marvel movies? You know, they're like, oh, well, they just churn them out. They just churn them out. And it's like, yeah. well, 
I don't know that we should describe, like, I like them, so I'm not going to say they're churning them out, but there's a whole bunch of them. Well, what does that sound like? Okay, well, that sounds like a TV series where you get 12 in a season or you get 24 in a season or whatever you get. And, well, what are we talking about Marvel? Well, there's phase one. There's these movies. Phase two. There's these movies. That's almost like season one, season two, season three. We talked about the DC movies, and I know we've said before, well, those movies have been kind of hit or miss, but what TV shows are, what was really hitting are the DC TV shows, right? So it's yeah. sort of like that idea of, you know, short, sweet, tell the story, and then move on to the next one. I think that fits more with a TV show. You start to spread it out too much into a movie, eh, that maybe doesn't quite work as well. And I, again, that's, I'm coming back to this, like, you know, maybe a whole series of The Giver, um, where you're not expanding and having to put in all these elements that are, well, this really isn't funny, or why are we putting this, you know, you don't have that because all you have is 42 minutes to tell your story. Then you got to move on to the next one. Yeah. And I want to say, I'm not sure if it was more popular, but when I was trying to watch this thing, I saw a whole thing about like the Giver 2 and the Giver TV series and the guy, you know, so in a Giver cartoon. And I, I think it, I don't know. I think even like you said in, in Japan, didn't you say there was a series of movie shorts like this? I mean, it's just, if I understand correctly, I, I just think that this concept would work better. Short, sweet, to the point, move on to the next. Yeah. Which is the complete antithesis of me. I'm not short, sweet, and to the point. I ramble and all that kind of stuff. But anyways. That's all right. We're here to talk. We're here to talk, man. All right. Well, and then that's kind of how the movie ends. The movie, well, the movie does end with uh, Stryker's character, you know, being told that he may have a mission to do. And he ends the movie by saying, dynamite. <laughs> yes. And, and then, you know, a quick smash cut to credits. Yep. So that is, that's the Giver. Um, are you, we, uh, we got anything else we want to say before we jump into three questions? Uh, no, man. Okay. San Dimas High School football rules. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just feeling random tonight. It must hey. be because we're on break. <laughs> that's probably it's well, it's we're on break and this movie. Yeah, that's true. We're like, we're like Ross and Rachel. We're on a break. And yeah. Yeah. All right, three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, question number one. What is your favorite manga series or character? <sighs> this reminds me of the time you asked me my favorite Stan Lee character, and I named like four of them that weren't created by Stan Lee. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to mess this up. Um, so I don't read a lot of manga, mm -hmm. but I think I've liked a lot of the shows that have been influenced by manga. Yeah. 
if that makes sense. So I was trying to research the three questions, you know, as opposed yeah. to the spur of the moment thing, just so I didn't sound like a complete tool. Um, I'm, I'm fine if you do either one. That's... Okay, so I'm just going to say, uh, you know what, there's trans or Z. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I've really dug that cartoon. I haven't read much of it, but I just, I found all of that like really cool. Um, and so I would say that that would be my favorite um, because everything else is going to be kind of like an offshoot and influenced by real big in a Voltron. I remember watching Robotech um, and then later on getting into like Macross and everything like that. And, you know, in reading about it that I kind of came to find that, okay, well, those were, you know, Robotech and all that was kind of a kind of taken from different manga source material and kind of merged into one story. Um, and uh, yeah. So anyways, I, I just fascinated by all that stuff. And I remember growing up just thinking all that stuff was really cool. And especially cause you, you know, now th there wasn't the internet, so you'd get pictures or, you know, someone would have the toys and it's like, Oh, where did that come from? That sort of looks like what I see at trans or Z each week in the cartoon, but it's different. And you come to find that there's like three or four of these different shows and it was different and exotic and not stuff that you could get, you know, it was out of the ordinary kind of stuff. And I was always fascinated by that um, kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I would say, uh, I, I would say that. And, and hopefully I'm actually, you know, getting close to that, but I, I do believe trans or Z it, it had a different name that, escapes me but yeah that's it was manga and then it was adapted into a cartoon so i i'll say trans or z okay all right um i mean my answer is going to be akira i mean that was okay that was the first one i was ever introduced to and it just it blew my little mind when i saw it um since then i you know i don't read a lot of manga um mm -hmm. or or watch a lot of anime um there have been a couple that i've read that, that i thought were pretty good um, and I still haven't watched this one. There was a, a Netflix version that they did of it, but apparently it's it's nowhere near as good, uh, you know, as the as the original material. Uh, there's one called Death Note. Okay. And this high school kid, um, he finds this notebook that gives him the ability to kill anyone, um, to kill anybody that he knows. I, I, you know, if I remember, it's been a while since I've read it, but uh, if I remember correctly, he writes their name down in this book and you know he kind of decides that well i can make the world a better place if i just you know start putting people's names down that are going to do horrible things or have done horrible things and i can start getting rid of bad people um and it doesn't quite work out that way right so there was a netflix adaptation but I, and i haven't seen it but from what i hear it's it's not anywhere near as good as the original um, the only other one that I can think of that I remember reading was called One Punch Man. Okay. I don't know if you ever saw that one or not. Um, it was, uh, One Punch Man was like this guy who, you know, he, he was training to become a superhero and mm -hmm. he trained himself so well and he became so strong that he can beat anybody just by punching them once. Oh, that's cool. And so now he's like well, this is really easy. Like now what do I do? And so the whole thing is just like him dealing with, I'm crazy powerful. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't take any effort for me to stop these people. Now what? So it's just kind of like, he gets bored. Right. He's like, well, what do I do now? Like I've kind of 
I've kind of exercised myself into a corner. Yeah. So, I but Akira has got to be that'll be my favorite. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Uh number 2, what is your favorite non-Star Wars Mark Hamill role? <sighs> okay. I'll go ahead and say this. His his character in uh in Jay and Silent Bob. I, I knew you were going to say that. I'm sorry. I mean, and the best part was when he appears on screen, it's all, look, kids, it's Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happens when you see him in anything other than Star Wars. It's like, oh, wow, that's yeah. Mark Hamill, you know? So, I mean, that just made it like that much funnier. So I'll, I'll say that. Look, kids, it's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Was that what it was? Did it, was it Mark Hamill or was it no, Luke I, Skywalker? I, oh, I think it was Mark Hamill. Okay, good. I, but, but no, that's, that's like, exactly. That's like my, that's I mean, exactly. But that's what my kids will do. Like when they were little and they would see him in something else or or whatever, they'd be like, "Oh, look, it's Luke Skywalker." I'm like, "Well, his, I mean, yes, he has a name, but yes, right, right." So I'll I'll go ahead and say Jane Silent Bob. That that was pretty memorable when that happened. Okay, all right. Um, I I know that my daughter would say, um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, okay, that would be her favorite. Because she okay. didn't, she didn't realize that he played a character in there, um, but she's really been in, enjoying those comics and and those cartoons right now. Um, mine has got to be, it, it's got to be the Joker from the animated series. Sure, sure. Like I, you can't can't beat that one. Nope. Um, and then, I mean he's done just a ton of other, you know, ton of other voice work in other cartoons and and other stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's got to be the Joker from the animated series. All right. And then question number three, if you were going to learn a fighting style, kind of like immediately, you know, Matrix style, if you just got downloaded to you, uh, what would be your fighting style that you'd want to learn? Well, I, you, I mean, I you, think you already, uh, know, you already know some martial arts, so. Yeah, well, I know enough to get myself into trouble. That's, yeah. you know, um, I, I would think, you know, I would think like like a complete martial art that would cover like grappling, ground fighting, mm-hmm. striking, kicking, punch, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, and that's kind of like, I mean, you know, when they when you look at the uh, UFC stuff, the octagon, ultimate fighter, I mean, that always seems to be the thing is that, you, you know, someone that can <laughs> – you know, any kind of combat they, they can, they can, they can do. If, if I had to break it down, like, I mean, you know, well, and again, I mean, just if, if I'm, if I'm correct on this, like a lot of the ultimate fighter stuff, I mean, it's like having that ability to grapple and get someone into submission makes sense. So, I mean, like anything like the, you know, Brazilian jujitsu or something like that, but then you would also want kicking and striking too. So, like I said, it would be probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, quoting the Matrix or referencing the Matrix, you kind of see that because they go through a bunch of different fighting styles. Um, but it always ends up being, you know, the choreography looks one certain way. But still in all, I mean, that's a fantastic movie. So, yeah. okay, I digress. So, yeah, probably something that would start with um, uh, grappling, okay. you know, but then also has kick punch and all that. Like I said, if you could find the complete martial art and um, – um, you know, I used to study Harangdo and that was, uh, a very complete martial art, you know? So that would be the, I think that would be 
you know, the thing to look at, or just like I said, making sure that you've got different styles so that you did have the grappling ability, the kick punch ability and and the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm, I'm not, how do I say this about myself nicely? Um, I'm not a very limber person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I kind of like, what would be, what would be the martial arts style that what would be the fighting style that might work well for me? Um, given, given maybe a limited range of motion, let's, let's put it that way. Um, I always enjoyed the Ong Bak movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, what's that one? Yeah. Uh, Muay Thai. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of elbows and knees. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like, I mean, I'm sure it's, I've never studied it never done anything with it but i'm it, it probably looks deceptively simple um mm-hmm. and i'm just but i'm like oh i can knee somebody or, <laughs> or or i could you know dive through the air and and smack them in the shoulders with my elbows i could do that or, or maybe if i downloaded it matrix style i could definitely do that right there it is but i don't know there's that there's that whole like fight club scene in the ung Bak movie where you know he just goes to town on these guys Oh yeah. I'm like, that I'm like that's a lot of fun. Yeah, those Ong Bak movies are pretty fantastic. I also do like the uh, Legend of Drunken Master. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Well, and then, you know, it gets into the the discussion of like, you know, fun to watch and choreography slash real yeah. combat, you know, and all that. And that's that's what gets exciting is, you know, when you start to pick up the different fighting styles, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, uh, and so many of them have been adapted into movies. Do you know what I'm saying? To yeah. where, you know, it used to be choreograph a fight scene and you need to bring in those people. But now it's, now it's like you want your A-list stars to be able to do that. So then it's like, you know, and you ask some of them and they're in intensive martial arts training for a year before they do the filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, and then some of them are like, well, no, I train to look like I'm good at fighting, but I'm not really good at fighting. You know, so there's there's do- those discrepancies. And I'm not a yeah. martial artist, but I play one on TV. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've read interviews, and I mean, I, I'm not the one to pass judgment, because like I said, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, but it, I, it's funny because some of them are like, oh, no, I went through the training, and I'm kept with it, and it's, you know, and then some of them are like, yeah, I, I've trained enough and I can look good in those scenes, but, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and then I know that, like, I remember, what was it? Uh, it was the one that they say that is, is, was formulated for the Israeli, you know, military. It was Krav Maga, Krav Maga and that, or Krav Maga, or I'm probably horribly mispronouncing it. But, um, you know, that, they use that in... Uh, I think the Bond movie in like Skyfall, they used it and um, yeah. mm-hmm. like the, the uh, Christian, Christian Bale Batman movies. Yeah. And, you know, it just, and like I said, what's cool is, is when you're watching that on the big screen, it like something, it looks different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's always cool when you see something that looks different. I just recently checked out um, Shang-Chi and the legend of the, uh, of 10 rings. Yeah. And I was watching that and, you know, again, no, no, not calling anything on anything, but it's like, was watching a Marvel movie and it's all of a sudden it hit me. It's like, 
dude, I'm watching a Kung Fu movie. It's been forever since I've watched a Kung movie. Why has it been forever since? What's wrong with me that I'm not watching more Kung Fu movies? Yeah. But the point is, it's like the fighting style looked different, you know? And then it's the same thing. Like a year ago, I went back and watched X-Men. And at the end of X-Men, it was like, man, that's this is like old school, just like, you know, haymakers and kicks and all this, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it looks different. And that's what's always exciting about it. This is getting away from your question. Oh. We should do a whole episode on fighting styles and all that kind of thing. But it's just fun to see, you know, I, when you're watching it on the screen, you know, stuff that looks different or looks unique. And yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for three questions. That's going to do it for this episode. This has been the 30 something movie podcast, which you can find by going to three zero podcast.com. Uh, we are at 30 podcast on all the different social media outlets out there. Um, we uh, not on TikTok though. Not, uh, not on the uh, TikTok, TikTok, whatever the, uh, Taki, Tiki, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, does anyone want to Ricky, Tiki, Tavi? Yeah. Well, let us know if you think that we should be, have more of a presence on Insta chat or Facegram. Um, you know, write your comments on the box of a PlayStation five, send it to the show. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. consider that. Apparently twit talk is now uh, bigger than Instagram. So I maybe, you know, not that I do a whole lot with our Instagram account very often, but you know, maybe I maybe need to start making little short videos. We should make videos because 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 we, we have time for that. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in in all of our free time, let's start doing that. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, don't forget to check out our sponsor. The rest of the shows in the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. Go over to scenestealersglobal.com. Our next episodes are going to be uh, for the month of December. Actually, probably a couple days from when this one comes out, we'll have our Patreon exclusive, It's a Wonderful Life from 1946. Uh, Jason Colvin from the Surely Can't Be Serious podcast has never seen that movie before. So he's going to be a first time viewer and he's going to hop on that show with us and talk about it. Uh, Then following that one for our regular subscribers, um, my own private Idaho, Homicide and City Slickers will finish out the year for us. And then... January is coming up real soon. Um, that is our Crime and Punishment Month to start off 1992. Our Patreon episode will be To Kill a Mockingbird from 1962. And then we've got Lethal Weapon 3, Hoffa, My Cousin Vinny, and Passenger 57. So we've got some good stuff to kick off the year for us as we barrel our way on into 1992. So all kinds of good stuff coming up soon. Yes, very exciting. Patrick, as always, thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, we're missing the other guys. We know it's, it's been kind of busy lately for getting yeah. the other guys on. So hopefully we can get uh, Bo and Jeff and Dennis um, back on here again real soon. But we know that, you know, schedules and other stuff are, are kind of crazy this time of year anyway. So uh, and, and you and I just don't sleep. So I, it's that's see, that's the thing. That's where you can create more time. That's, that's, if our, that's you our don't secret weapon. take if you don't take time, how can you truly have time correct but uh, uh seriously though it's going to be good to get back with those other guys and so exciting to uh, welcome you know jason for the uh, uh uh patreon exclusive it's always fun talking to those guys and that uh shirley podcast man they're just doing some fantastic stuff so yeah, you know it's always great to get together and and talk movies with them so that'll be great to uh see jason and and the rest of the guys back in uh in about a week right yeah yeah cool yeah, actually, yeah, as of the time this one is released, 
that one will be coming out in maybe like two or three days. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So go on over and, and hit us up on Patreon if you want to be able to listen to that one. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, that's going to do it for us this time. So everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some great movies, and we will see you back here next time. Bye now.